I'm Sam, and this is the first attempt at the Illegitimate Scholar podcast. I'm going to be talking a lot about uh, culture, history, human nature, um, and things related to that society. And what I wanted to do to start with, my very first one, was to talk about what culture is, because I see in a lot of pop culture, a lot of um, you know, modern examples of people discussing culture, I think that there's, you know, a limited understanding of that, of what culture is and, and what it means. It's a very surface level understanding of culture. Um, so the, the definitions of culture that I'm going to go into will be, you know, more scientific or not scientific, I, I, soft science, but, you know, definitions from, uh, from anthropology. And anthropology is the study of humans, and um, you know it's one of my favorite things. Um, and I think that a lot of people are very interested in it. I mean, they might not explicitly say they're interested in anthropology, but you know, people are interested in in humans, and that's what anthropology is. It's the study of humans. So, for what most people think culture is, is things like music, art, hairstyles, food. You know, you, you'll you'll see references to cultural appropriation where um, somebody of a different race, usually a white person, is being accused of cultural appropriation for you know wearing a specific haircut, um, maybe wearing a specific style of dress, and all this stuff, um, the music, art, food, that that is all culture. But I think more specifically that that those are more. Uh, you know, manifestations of culture. Those are, are physical representations of culture, whereas um, what culture is, is is a lot deeper than that. So I, I, I got three different definitions of uh, culture that are, that are a little dense, so I hope you'll bear with me. Um, and the references in this will be in the notes. Uh, so this is the first one. Uh, culture is a set of beliefs, practices, and symbols that are learned and shared. Together, they form an all-encompassing, integrated whole that binds people together and shapes their worldview and lifestyles. So they're, you know, beliefs, practices, symbols, and that is a very broad set of things, beliefs, practices, and symbols. But beliefs could be anything from, you know, believing in a god, or it, it, it could be um, believing in, you know, an economic system like, uh, like capitalism or, or belief in, like, the dollar. It's... You know, the, the dollar has no in, inherent value. Paper currency has no inherent value. It isn't backed by things anymore, but we believe in it. That That's one of those beliefs. Uh, practices, you know, these could be religious practices like uh, confession in the Catholic Church. But it, it also applies to practices like um, the, uh, like, you know, getting a driver's license, basically. Um, and, and symbols, of course, you know, w- Symbols could be physically physical symbols like, you know, the American flag is a symbol. Um, but all-encompassing integrated whole that binds people together. Th- this is very important. It binds people together. It's shared. It's not, you know, culture isn't personal. It's not like one individual person has their own culture. Culture is something that, you know, a group of people share. And, you know, everybody... Everybody has multiple cultures. You know, you would have your, you can have your religious culture and your national culture. Um, okay, so the next one is um, define cultures as the shared set of 
parentheses, implicit and explicit values, ideas, concepts, and rules of behavior that allow a social group to function and perpetuate itself. Rather than simply the presence or absence of a particular attribute, culture is understood as the dynamic and evolving socially constructed reality that exists in the minds of social group members. It is the normative glue. That's a lot. But again, values, ideas, concepts, and rules of behavior. So, you know, it, it's the, like it says at the end, it's the normative glue. It's it's what's normal in a society. You know, and this could be in the Aztec empire, this could be something like, you know, murdering or sacrificing people. Um, it can be, and it can be something as simple as, you know, being against jaywalking. Uh, that allow a social group, again, it's mentioning shared, it's shared, it's a social group to function and perpetuate itself. So these are not only things that define a group of people, they're also uh, something that helps the culture, the social group to uh, perpetuate itself, which means to uh, be successful to, in, in this sense, that really means passing on the culture and, and potentially growing it. Um, dynamic and evolving. So that means changing, right? And in con- socially constructed reality. So, so that's what culture is socially constructed. It's not inherent. It's not like, like your skin color is not a culture. Your, your culture is socially constructed. It's created by, uh, people in society. And the last definition is, uh, well, there's really two here. The knowledge people use to live their lives in the way they which in which they do so. It's very simple. And a system of behaviors, including economic, religious, and social beliefs, values, ideologies, and social arrangements. That one comes from the, the National Park Service. Um, they do cultural resource management, which is like private archaeology, um, w- which is part of anthropology, at least in America. In Europe, they do things differently, but, you know that's Europe. Um, so these, these definitions, uh, a lot of things that they share is values, beliefs, and rules. And that's because all of these things, values, beliefs, and rules are created by, uh, by a culture. They're, they're created by the, really the institutions that a culture creates. And, you know, any institution, that comes out of, of a country, it's going to be influenced by, uh, by their culture. Like, you know, the Senate in the United States is, was influenced by Western culture and, you know, English aristocrats that founded America, they were very interested in Greek culture. They viewed it as, as the foundation of Western culture. So even though they were English culturally, um, and they also used influence from things like the Magna Carta, which is an example of English culture. Um, they also used other, they also consider themselves uh, part of the, the Western culture, which uh, is not mutually exclusive with English. So they were English and they were also Western. And they, uh, they chose to use Athens and their government system as one of the influences to create the United States of America. Um, so yeah, and they're shared, you know, it's shared. It's not just one, it's not just one person, uh, who has a culture, uh, you know, if one guy's really weird and he's doing his own thing, uh, that's not a culture. Cause it's, it's, it's not a shared group of people. It's got to really, it can't even be one family. I guess 
you could argue that one family had its own culture, but if it's a real culture, then it would expand over time to be multiple family groups. Um, if it wasn't, you know, a prevailing culture, then it would, it would go away. It would just disappear and, um, or, you know, change. It's, it's hard to, because cultures are always changing, it's hard to say when one is gone and, and when one isn't, even though, you know, where I live in New England, um, the culture today, New England culture is so very different uh, from the Puritan culture of the 17th century. But, you know, I, I still, there there wasn't like a hard break. No one invaded and took over New England and changed the culture. But because the culture changed gradually over time, it's over that long period of time become completely, uh, completely different. And, and that's, that's pretty normal for, for human history. Cultures change over time. Uh, that's, that's one of their, uh, that, that's one of the things that, that makes it culture. Culture can't stay stagnant. I mean, it can in a certain way, if the, uh, if like the environment is stagnant, but the environment is just as dynamic and changing, you know, the physical, the physical environment is changing, maybe not as fast, you know, the climate, Climate does change naturally and human caused it changes over a long period of time. Um, but human environment, you know, your neighbors changes and that can change your culture a lot. And any culture that was on the, the bad end of the spear from, you know, steppe tribes coming down from Mongolia, uh, or the steppes of Asia would know that, you know, you kind of adapt or die is kind of the rule of culture. Um, so it's learned, uh, it's learned. And that means it's also socially constructed. It's created by people. It's taught. It's not like, it's not like a sheep, a sheep knowing where to, how to survive a wolf attack. Like there's some, there's some like, not, not cultural, what's the word? Like hereditary. It's in the, it's in the sheep's genes to try to avoid wolf attacks because of that being part of its DNA over time. That's not culture. Culture has to be taught by somebody. It has to be passed down. It's not inherent. It's not like, you know, if, if a child uh, gets adopted from Korea to Connecticut um, or Massachusetts or, you know, somewhere, somewhere in new England, um, that Korean baby is not going to know how to speak Korean when he or she grows up. You know, I know few examples of that here in New England where there's people who are adopted from Korea they come to America and you know culturally they're they're American and they're generally adopted into white families and you know some of them are involved in in Korean culture they get involved later in life or their parents involved them in it um but that isn't like that's not if it's culture it's something that has to be taught to them it can't it's not just implicit to their to their DNA um, okay. So I want to go over a few examples of culture, of the amount of things that can be considered culture. Uh, so an economic system like capitalism and communism, those are, those are cultural ideas. Uh, and, and this is what, what happens a lot of times with culture is that if someone has a really, really good idea, and I don't mean good idea, like, you know, some of these ideas wouldn't be called very good by my standards or anyone's standards. Uh, because a lot of these things, especially when they pop up rapidly, can be very destructive and, and very violent. And they're destructive because they they kind of have to be. Brand new ideas have to be destructive because uh, 
a lot of the times what happens is that in a in a place things have become stale the the rules um the belief systems they've become you know that they've become stale in the sense that they're no longer serving the people anymore and and what can happen in a lot of cases is that the socially constructed institutions were created in a time where they made a lot of sense and then the people who are in charge of those institutions over time their power gets very ingrained and it gets very difficult to uh, to modify those institutions to fit the changing environment without some very large social upheaval and sometimes what can happen is things like reformations of a religion or of a culture, but a lot of times what, what really happens eventually to everything, this happens to all things, to, to people, to cultures, to, to plants, to animals, to everything, is that they, they, are, they serve their purpose and they fade away, you know, it, they die, they're gone, they're gone, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Um, so, other ideas that that are examples of culture, we're, we're talking about economic ideas like capitalism and communism. Um, we know that communism comes out of this uh, very new industrialization. Industrialization in Europe and elsewhere really, really, really shakes things up. It, uh, it changes how people are making a living. It changes who has power because of uh, the importance of uh, capitalism at the time, capitalism and industrialization. They, they evolve together. And uh, that creates a lot of negatives that have to be dealt with in a certain way. And in certain places, what happens is that way turns out to be communism, which uh, is a very extreme in most cases, a very extreme way to go. You know, there are tragedies like in China where uh, tens and tens of millions of people die as a result of, of some communist policies. We don't know what would have happened had, for example, Chiang Kai-shek won, but um, there's Pol Pot in Cambodia, kills a few million people. And, you know, there's examples that some people hold up a little bit higher than that, like Cuba that have their own fallbacks. But of course, Capitalism has its own fallbacks as well. Um, and religious beliefs, religious beliefs. Islam is an example I like to think about for this one in, in exploding into popularity, uh, similar to communism, in that Islam comes out of uh, Saudi Arabia and it comes out of an environment where people are trying to make money trading, uh, but there, there's a lot of conflict, especially conflict between the Bedouin tribes. There's also religious conflict because there's, uh, you know, there's Zoroastrians, there's uh, Christians, there's Jews, there's Muslims, there's pagans, there's all these different types of people interacting. And Islam becomes a unifying force and it expands because it incentivizes people to join it. And also, I mean, some people are not incentivized to join. They're just, they're just conquered by Islamic armies, but um, it, it, it unites people together and it brings a lot of prosperity, which leads to the Islamic golden age because the founder of Islam was himself a, uh, he was, he was a trader, a, a trader, a T R A D E R. He was a merchant. So he incentivized merchants. He knew how to do that. He knew how to, and people had protections of other Muslims. If they joined, uh, they wouldn't have their caravans attacked, which they were able to save money on 
um, on defense. They had access to this this growing Islamic empire that explodes immediately. Um, so when a good idea happens, it, it can, you know, it can spread a lot. And when I say good, again, I'm saying something that perpetuates itself because there are plenty of examples like communism, like Nazism, of ideas that are good in the sense that they perpetuate themselves. Um, they're, they're a strong culture. They're doing the job of a culture. Um, but, you know, they're not great. You know, they're, they're doing bad things. It's, uh, I, I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say about the Nazis. Um, okay. Uh, family structure. Family structure is, uh, is, is part of culture. So uh, that, that can be like how many kids people tend to have. You know, people have more kids in like rural communities, or at least they did in the past. Um, how many kids they have, how many, uh, how they marry, when they marry, uh, where, when you leave your parents' house, where you go when you leave your parents' house, um, and what people do to live. And notice I didn't say what jobs people have because it's more than just jobs. You know, there's subsistence farming, um, there, which was it for most of human history. And, you know, there's hunter gatherers for most of human prehistory. Um, and, uh, you know, that this forms around, uh, it also can form around what, what jobs people do specifically. Like, you know, if there's a community that's a, that's a fishing community that's based on the sea, they're going to have a culture that differs from, uh, you know, Silicon Valley. Uh, and that, that's true even today, even within the, their own state, Silicon Valley and, you know, a, a, a fishing community in Northern California, they're very different culturally. I promise you. Um, and I'm, I'm sure they, both of them would not be very fond of, of being thrown in with, with the other. Um, how to deal with conflict is another big part of culture. Uh, you know, having police in Western countries, that is culture. Uh, there's been a lot of debates over the last few years about how policing is done. And, and that's, that's a change in culture. That's a change in how people are viewing uh, the police and what their job is and the shortcomings of the police. Um, in, in more traditional societies, you know, their, their police are a relatively new invention. You know, there would have been city guards and there would have been uh, knights who had men in arms and, and lords who had men in arms who would enforce their own personal rules. But, uh, you know, courts with like, someone accused of witchcraft and they like have to jump in the jump in the water. And if they float, I, uh, something like that, you, you know what I mean? I, I don't remember the specifics of how they decided if they were a witch or not, but, but those are all like ways that uh, people deal with conflict and how people deal with conflict is culture. Um, structures of hierarchy. So structures of hierarchy is a type of culture. It's, um, like government, but it can also be schools. Um, it's who's respected the most in society. Some cultures uh, would put, uh, w they would put like a religious leader at the top of their culture. Traditionally, in a, in a lot of cultures, tr religious leaders are are near the top of the social hierarchy. There's obvious social hierarchies that that you would have had, like the encomienda system, in uh, in. New Spain in the in the colonies of Spain, where there was a racial hierarchy of of different people, ranging from European descended to a mix 
of European and native to which is mestizo to just native to and then and then black people at the bottom, and then there's uh, and then the, you know there's social hierarchies like within groups like in the military officer to enlisted ranks. There's uh, the caste system in India. All these different ways of having a uh, official or or social hierarchy. Um, Democracy and other methods of political organization, how you decide your leaders, that is definitely culture. That is definitely culture. And languages. Languages are a huge thing in in culture. What language people speak, uh, it affects the way you think. It really does. There's, I could, I will, will do an episode on, on language, so I'm not going to go too far into that. So cultures are, li- like we talked about in the beginning, they're all about using your environment to perpetuate your people and the the way that people live their lives has to be influenced by their environment because their environment decides what they have to do to live their life like you, you can't be a fisherman if you want to live on in like Siberia I mean gosh I'm sure there's fishermen in Siberia but on the top of a mountain you're you're not living in the oh, there's lakes in the mountains and you you know what I mean I don't need to be doing this to myself. So cultures react to their environment. They react to their environment. They're created in response to their environment. And that doesn't just mean physical environment, but it does mean physical environment. It's just not just physical environment. It it also has to do with who else is around you, what what the threats are of other human groups, because all humans are the greatest risk to, to humans. That's unfortunately where we're at in human history, and that's how it's been for a long time, ever since we stopped getting eaten by big cats so much. But like Germany, Germany is rooted in the state of Prussia, which was a very warlike state. But that is because of Prussia trying to respond to its environment. Um, tr- Prussia had to respond to its environment. And what ended up happening is Prussia became the best. Lots of other cultures in the area, they tried to be the best warlike. Uh, they, they tried to be the best like war society. They tried to be the strongest one so they could take over everyone else. But the Prussians won because they were the best amongst a bunch of cultures that were trying to uh, that were trying to take each other over. And what that meant is that they were able to take over a lot of other people. Um, so extremes in environment create extremes in culture. So I want to talk about a few different cultures that I would consider extreme and why their environment does that. Um, so in him, in the Himalayas, there, there is a tribe or, or more than one tribe where, two or more brothers will share a wife. And what this means is that in a house, there's, there's a woman and, and the woman will be, uh, will be engaged to a set of brothers. It might just be one brother. If there's only one brother in a society or in a household rather, but it, it could be more. It probably is more. Um, so one woman will be married off to a group of brothers in that household. And those brothers, uh, will inherit the entire plot of land and and they'll share it together. Um, so what this does is this is in the Himalayas where land is 
very, very uh, precious. There isn't very much usable land. Um, so what this provides is it provides population control. It keeps the land in the family. Uh, there's less risk of a war and a famine as overpopulation happens and land is sparse. You know, if you're letting men just go out and try to find women, what, what generally happens is they start killing each other uh, if, they, if they have to fight over things. Most problems in, in human history are caused by men between the ages of about 18 to 35. Uh, pretty much everything can be can be boiled down to those guys. Um, so when they live together, when the brothers live together, they share a wife. And because it's one woman with multiple men, uh, as opposed to one man with multiple women, multiple women, they're they're limited in the amount of kids that they have. So it, it controls the population. The land stays within the family. Um and again, because the population is not exploding, there, there isn't this need for a retraction in population as the carrying capacity of the land is exceeded. Um, so there's, it's a result of a very small usable amount of land. So th- this, is an extreme simple, sim- this is an extreme example. So like I said before, there's, it's not only the physical environment, but it's, it's also the human environment. So a, a lot of cultures have extreme, painful, violent rituals, especially ones of the past. Um, and this is more common in societies where uh, physical burden and violence is more common. You know, in a lot of societies, they don't have modern medicine. We deal with pain with opiates. They deal with it by getting used to it uh, because they have to. And we deal with it our way because we can't. Um, and I don't know whose is better. I, I, and I'm not saying that to say that, oh, theirs is definitely better. I'm saying that because I really don't know which one is better. Um, so one example in Brazil, there's a specific tribe or some tribes where young men are bitten by bullet ants as a test of resilience as part of a coming of age ceremony. Um, and, and coming of age rituals are, are common across a lot of societies in in like the United States, Western societies, these are things like graduating from high school or college. Uh, but in, you know, more traditional societies, there are rituals that are culturally informed. Uh, not, not that college isn't college is an example of culture, but they're informed by, by their environment. And in this case, they're living, I, I think in the Amazon and they are in a society that has a higher level of violence than ours, much higher. Um, many hunter gatherer, um, and early agricultural societies have a very, very high level of violent death. For, for young males, it, it can top like 10%, which is much, much higher. You know, we, we count these numbers in Western countries in like the one in 100,000 rather than like in the percentage. Uh, the percentage would be like 0.00 something or 0.0 something percent. So... Uh, you know, there's all these examples of cannibalism. I don't have to get a specific example of cannibalism because there's examples of cannibalism from early European tribes, uh, African tribes everywhere, South American tribes, North American uh, tribes, uh, not today, but, you know, in the past, uh, everywhere, every continent except for Antarctica. And there probably has been some on Antarctica just because naval culture of Europeans and a lot of other nations actually does include cannibalism. And if you think I'm lying, you can Google that shit because it's a thing. This also applies to subcultures. So it's not just like, you know, I I guess everything's a subculture. 
but um but like it, it applies to not just like countries cultures but like cultures with within a country smaller ones so subcultures that are more violent than others just like you know the primary culture of somebody that is that is more violent they're going to have more violent tendencies they're going to have more violent rituals um so examples of this gang culture in north and central america i'm sure in other places as well but i can only speak on north and central america uh they a lot of those initiation ceremonies involve beatings in in a lot of in some bad examples uh if gangland on history channel is telling us the truth they could also involve killing other people um rival gang members or possibly in the worst case for the local news uh just a random person um and then you know military cultures military cultures around the world have violent rituals that that are uh involved in you know the uh likely like you know uh, getting a new rank or you know, graduating from a specific school, uh, in, in the, in the U S military, there's, there's blood pinning where, uh, U S Marines, they, you know, they slam their rank when they're, when they're ranked up, people slam the rank into them and the pins go into their skin. Uh, also happens in army, uh, jump school and likely also in the army for pinning rank in cer- certain cases. Something, the last thing is that, Cultures with similar environments will have similar cultures. And, you know, this makes sense if a place is informed or excuse me, if a culture is informed by their environment, then, of course, similar environments can produce uh, similarities in culture. And you can see similarities in like the raiding culture of steppe tribes from Asia and Plains Indian tribes where there were similar cultures of uh, bride stealing, which is where women are treated as property and uh, women, uh, a common way to get a bride is to get a few guys together and go steal her either from her parents or, or from her current husband. Uh, and, you know, in certain places, there are stories uh, in places like Kazakhstan, as well as places like what was or what is now like South Dakota, you know, a woman could be taken more than once in her lifetime she would be taken and then she would be the husband or the wife of her captor and then she would be taken again at the beginning of this i i talked about how introductions of new things in the into the environment rapidly changing environment uh could rapidly change a culture and this is what happened with the plains indian tribes because when horses were introduced or reintroduced because they developed in North America and then they went extinct in North America, but they were in Europe and Asia and then Europeans brought them back. So when the, when the Plains tribes in North America got a hold of horses, they were able to use their, their culture. They integrated them into their culture very quickly. And they, uh, specifically the, the Apache, uh, Lakota, I, th- I think there's an overarching word, the Sioux, uh, th- they expanded through way past where they ever were able to be before. And with their culture of bride stealing, uh, they were able to expand their population, uh, absorb other cultures, essentially spread out far, far with the horses and the wealth that came with those horses. Um, and that 
meant that this this introduction of this new environmental factor, which was uh, the horses, as well as all the changes that Europeans brought with them, specifically also guns, they were able to really, really expand uh, their their culture. And, you know, this was the expense of other Native American cultures, unfortunately, and eventually they're uh, largely defeated while there are there are still Sioux people. There are multiple reservations and multiple tribes, and then even more that aren't federally recognized and thus don't don't have recognition officially. They're still there. Um, some of them, uh, largely, of course, the population has been re- replaced by European settlers uh, or Euro- Euro Americans, Afro Americans, um, and now even more Latino and and uh, uh, Asian Americans. But they're still there. Native Americans are still there, especially those of the tribes that were of the cultures that expanded under this time. Uh, Others are unfortunately uh, essentially extinct. So that's all I have to say. I'm going to listen to this over and count the amount of times I said um and try to improve on the next one. All right. If you're actually listening to this to this point, Thank you. And if you text me and let me know, you're like one of the people I'm showing this to, not if you're just some random person who's going through my shit later, uh, I will Venmo you $30 if you listen to the end before October 19th, 2022. I will Venmo you $30. And I will also be very appreciative that you actually listened. All right, thanks. Bye.